And if the Magic can just punch him in the face out of the gate in Game 1, which I actually think they will, I think the Magic are going to take Game 1. I think Kyle Lowry is a choke artist. <laughs> I Like I said, Toronto's got enough talent to overcome that. You're coming in hot. Yeah. And if they do that, the Magic have a very interesting history where I think they're 10-2 and all-time in series where they win Game 1. Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Michael Carter-Williams may have a bloody face, but the Magic delivered the bigger blow to take Game 1 in Toronto. Salute to you, DJ Augustine. Let's go. Say this. Say go, DJ. Cause that's my DJ. 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 Say go, DJ. Cause that's my so last night, Saturday night, very fun day, Penny. Would would you say so? We're still riding the emotional high and in the afterglow period, right? Uh, there's no afterglow. It's a <laughs> called a hangover with me. Um, if you were out at Wall Street last night or around downtown, there's probably like a 17% chance I bought you a drink last night. So uh, thanks for that. Enjoy it. <laughs> Loaded Capri Suns for everyone at basement. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, the magic, they... Uh, well, before we dive into the Magic's 104-101 Game 1 victory in Toronto, uh, we will have a magical moments later on involving the Raptors and involving the uh, 08 series. Not Game 1 like we did a few weeks ago, Game 2 this time. Okay. So, But let's do stick with the present for right now. Magic 104-101, the DJ Augustine revenge game. What a game. So our last pod was Thursday, and as, since that pod came out, you know, some good news for us i you know jonathan isaac cleared the concussion protocol early like it's one of those where i was surprised they didn't wait till like saturday to reveal it but right. thursday he was good so and god knows he he did an amazing job on siakam and he he played like he needed to play but um and then bad news for the raptors though og ananobi's probably out for the series uh appendix issues big time had he's had emergency surgery to get his appendix removed and that proved to be an interesting loss for them because he's a 20-minute-per-game guy pretty much. It put and put Jody Meeks on the floor. Which, that scared the shit right. out of me for a brief moment. Yeah. And then, for some reason, Nick Nurse didn't go back to him, which I'm more than happy with on that. Uh, they also are without Patrick McCaw, who's got a bad thumb. Uh, he may be available later on in the series. We'll see. Depends if we sweep Toronto or not, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um just listening to some of the national media thoughts Thursday, Friday, and Saturday a little bit. Like ever, there's no one like you go to ESPN. No one picked the Magic to even like push it to seven. It's either like Raptors and six or less. Um, all this talk about how the Magic don't know, like don't have like a go-to score late, etc. Which maybe that's true. My before last night, the uh, the hierarchy for me would have been Fournier, Ross, Vooch, and Aaron Gordon. Yeah, and then. DJ Augustine game. So um, I guess in that regard, not having a go-to guy does at least kind of make things a little unpredictable in that regard. Um, But there's some weird takes going into it. Like I'm listening to like Zach Lowe's low post pod where he's talking about how like Cal Lowry can defend Aaron Gordon in the post because he pulled like an Al Pacino line from uh, Heat. He pulled the great like big ass thing, like great ass, you know. (laughs) He, he said because Lowry's got a big ass, like you can't post him up, etc. And they were going to – they were, Lowe was saying that the Raptors were going to leave Vooch and Isaac open for threes and that Augustine was a huge defensive liability. And 
didn't really pan out in game no, one. Please so. leave Vooch and Isaac open for three. Especially <laughs> because people make this point. People made the point that the Magic thrive off top of the key type three pointers, and that's not really true anymore. Like you have Isaac who lives off the corner, right? Lives off the damn corner. Well, and a one do hit a big corner three too. I mean, that's. Yeah, yeah. Vooch we'll, is getting a lot above the break, but yeah, we'll, we'll hit from anywhere. And then just before, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the game, yeah. the events with it. But uh, did you see the complex video where Kawhi Leonard was forced to eat bull penis from I, Serge Ibaka? I did not see that. Um, yeah, and so <laughs> there's people joking like, oh, Kawhi's leaving now. <laughs> It, and like there's very there's a whole bunch of like sexual innuendo like involved with like what Abaka was saying to Kawhi as he's biting into the bull penis and stuff. Yikes. Um so if the Raptors like crash out of this first round, I would blame that video right there. So all right. I already mentioned it earlier, but we were at Wall Street, we were at the official Magic Watch party. We may or may not go again game two Tuesday night. We'll see. Uh, that's gonna be an eight o'clock game on TNT. I, it worked so far. Awesome atmosphere. It wasn't like completely, completely packed, but very good crowd. We picked out a pretty good spot at Hooch, uh, which worked out for everybody that doesn't like hot weather uh, because there was at least fans and some air conditioning a little bit there. But I don't know. You're the one that sweats more out of the two, two of us. How how did you feel uh, temperature-wise? I was surprised for the fact that it was the game one first round. It seemed almost like a real Saturday night crowd yeah um at the you know at wall street so i was impressed by the fan turnout and obviously everyone blue and white everywhere uh you know it was a good game and a good atmosphere when i wasn't bitching about sweating right (laughs) so i think we were so busy watching the game too but it worked out we had like a group of like 15 people in and out basically during the game and look the raptors entered game one two and 13 all time in game ones and People were like, oh, completely different. They got Kawhi, Marcus Gasol, Nick Nurse, different coach, whatever. And, uh, yeah, they Raptors fans are, are freaking the fuck out right now. But um, So it was Bo Outlaw's birthday, and he was at Wall Street. People got to sing him happy birthday before the game tipped off. And right. then he got the chill, I guess, when the with the season ticket holders and the, one of the bars that they sectioned off for them. Uh, I did have a complaint about there being too many Magic Ticket sales reps there. Yeah, that was the frustrating thing pretty much at every break in action. They uh, came on the loudspeaker, cut the audio to the game, and tried to hawk ticket packages, which I guess you get a strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, but it's never been that egregious in years past. And I I don't know, just just enjoy it. Just sell the game. Sell the product. Um, And then we had the Fox Sports Florida feed, which I forgot... In the last pod, I forgot that Fox Sports Florida was going to broadcast all the first round, the first which is round. awesome. Yeah. So uh, they had the Pat Williams intro where it's they were showing like some of the retro clips, etc., and putting it in with the new uh, new highlights from this year, etc. And it was cool. It was a nice touch. Pat Williams, he's Mister Magic as far as him. He's the reason why the Magic exists, basically. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's get into the game. So first quarter, I, I immediately get distracted at Nick Nurse's god awful plaid jacket or plaid suit. I can't. I would never in a million years wear that. Some people thought he was stylish. Not me. He's not. he's worn that throughout the regular season, and actually last last night or even yesterday, and looking at kind of reviewing the game, that's the first time I realized that the inside lining of the jacket has logos from every team that he's coached in his coaching career. So I didn't even notice that. Evidently, it's a memento for him, and he wanted to whip out something fancy for game one. All right, well, it's still ugly as sin, and he needs to burn <laughs> it. Well, Raptors fan. Well, he can keep wearing it because we won, but. 
Um, anyway, so out of the gate, Magic down 17-15. Augustine's pretty much the only guy carrying the Magic offense. He was not afraid to start, and he was not afraid to, fin- to end it either. Yeah. Uh, Ross checks in, immediately gets fouled on a three-pointer. I'm like, I can get used to this. All right. Uh, he, Magic had their first lead of the game, 18-17. Uh, and then Kawhi, he was really carrying Toronto early. And one of my takes that was incorrect, that obviously I don't include incorrect takes in the <laughs> intro, was that maybe Kawhi wouldn't uh, be completely fully invested in, in the series. Game one, he was yeah. early on. And then towards the end, even though he missed the, the the chance to tie it at the end. So whatever, we'll find, you know, maybe he's still not back in like Spurs MVP worthy form yet. I don't know, especially when it comes to late game situations. Uh, very noticeable uh, from the beginning was Augustine just kicking Kyle Lowry's ass, at least scoring wise. Uh, we'll we'll look in the box score here uh, later on, but uh, Kyle Lowry didn't score in the whole game, and he is getting absolutely torn to shreds by it. Somebody who was scoring though, Fred Van Vliet, soon as he came in, hit back to back threes. Jody Meeks comes in, gets a BS and one baseline finish. Yeah. So the Magic are down 30 to 25 after one period. So for the most part in the game, the Magic kept Isaac on Siakam, Vooch against uh, Gasol, and then Birch when he checked in with the Baca. And I, I have no complaints. I, I would say that if the Magic do end up struggling the next few games moving on, I could see a situation where they put uh, Kem on Gasol and have uh, more Vooch on Ibaka. We'll find out. But I had no complaints. Ibaka didn't do much. Um, Siakam, he, he did fine, but... Again, this guy's going to win most improved player, and Isaac kept up with him. And that's what we said in on the Thursday pod that the Magic had to keep up, or you know, uh, Isaac had to keep up with Siakam at a minimum, if not outperform him. And he did good. And yeah. as we'll discuss, especially in the fourth, Kem Birch, he was big. So, second quarter, uh, the whistle started looking a little too uh, against us yeah, at, at this unfavorable. point. Unfavorable. Yeah. Uh, Ross gets called for a BS charge against Kyle Lowry, but at least he kicked Kyle Lowry in the ball, so it made him pay for that. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams hits a three-pointer, ends up if hitting you, a few three-pointers in the game. If you want to save them all for the postseason, MCW, that's fine with us. Um, he he looks confident shooting it now. Like they're, in, in, the, in the last few regular season games, he was pretty hesitant, but he shot both of them pretty well that he made, so... Hopefully this doesn't become a theme later on, but Vooch, he struggled offensively throughout the game. Uh, Which we kind of talked it, about where you, that big body yeah. and those touch shots and the, the little push in the back. Is Here's not the thing, gonna, though. Yeah. It was more than a little push in the back. Yeah. It, it's a few things factored in. Right. He gets he, – he like as soon as he doesn't start playing like an all-star, like people just slander the living hell out of him from the Magic fan base side. And – they're not noticing he's getting double and triple teams sometimes. And then Gasol, at the same time, is pushing the living shit out of him and at certain times. And to be fair, he did make some great passes out of the double team or the dig down to generate open shots. Yeah, especially so, in the fourth. Yeah. So the, uh, the Magic are down 36-35. So they're hanging in there as Ross was literally getting hugged on a three-pointer that he made that yeah. should have been a four-point oh, play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vooch's first series bucket uh, temporarily put the Magic back up. So it took Vooch a while to get going. Uh, but 
Then a flurry of threes happen, including one from Fournier that puts the Magic up 48-41, and we're we're feeling ourselves there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hooch was definitely uh, bumping big time. Uh, and then you just notice our swarming defense. The Magic end up going on a 15-0 run, which included that beautiful, like, Augustine behind-the-back fast-break pass to Vooch for the dunk. So we're up 57-41 uh, yeah, late in the half. Uh, the 16-point lead, I think, was our largest in the game. And, uh, yeah, so the Raptors just kept missing threes during that stretch. Raptors end the half on a 6-0 run with a Danny Green three that beat the buzzer. We're up 57-49 at halftime. We're up eight. Feeling good. Zero complaints. Yeah, I feel pretty good about where we stand, especially talked about not a lot of production from Vooch in the first half. And a lot of the guys who had their first playoff experience, you could tell the nerves were there. We, I can't count the number of layups that we missed. That you, I mean, easy layups, yeah, not counting gimmies. the ones where we get hit and no call. Yeah. So you feel pretty good about where we're at, but you know Toronto's going to come out in the second half and exact Push. some revenge. Yeah, Augustine at the half had 19 points. Kyle Lowry, zero. Uh, <laughs> Van Vliet had eight off the bench. Uh, he was getting some buckets against Michael Carter-Williams, but uh, thankfully that didn't carry on in the second half, which, speaking of which, so uh, Toronto goes on this big run. A Gasol 3 puts Toronto back up 61-59, yeah. about four minutes into the second half. So pretty bad collapse out of the gate in the third. Uh, just the magic offense stalled. It ends up becoming a Raptors 20-2 to run, and I'm a little worried at this point. Uh, yeah, because like like we were saying, people were missing gimmies. Vooch missed some looks that he usually buries, and then uh, the bench crew kind of got in and calmed it down. Like you got to credit Wesu Wandu for settling us down offensively. Like he had a few good takes to the to the rim and uh, just he helped settle us down. Jonathan Isaac with that second unit, he ended up having a career high in minutes. He played 40 minutes. So usually we see like Aaron Gordon getting the bulk of the minutes with the second unit, but it was Isaac. And I don't know, you you speak to that. Yeah, we did talk about, or I rather the one thing that I called because you had five or six correct predictions. But <laughs> and the one dude played, I thought he played great in the minutes that he did have. But uh, Steve Clifford did shrink his time on the floor. He was averaging 18 to 20 a game. I think he played about nine or 10 minutes in, in game one. Um, which puts more of an emphasis on Gordon and Isaac and even more heavy T. Ross minutes. So obviously those wings did a great job. And one of the biggest things that Jonathan Isaac did, I think, when the offense was kind of stalling or you know below 10 seconds on the shot clock, he really showed no fear in terms of dribbling to the mid-range, creating his own shot and hitting a couple big ones to stabilize the team or start shift the momentum back to Orlando's side. Yeah, the Magic, they're, they only were down by one entering the fourth. The third quarter was by far their worst quarter of the game. The Raptors took it 27-18. to 18. Yeah. Uh, And then crazy fourth quarter. Um, so, <laughs> so... Ross almost murders Ibaka on a dunk attempt that Whoa. had me thinking like it was Tracy McGrady over Mehmet Okor all over again. I thought uh, it was like the the angle on the baseline drive was like Baron Davis over Kirilenko. He got that one would have went, man. He got so fucking hot yeah, for that. that was... uh, but and then uh, Kem Birch turns a Fournier air ball into an alley oop dunk. Huge fucking play, big play. Uh, and then Kem gets an and one, missed the free throw, but the Magic are up seventy nine seventy six, and it's like. All right, I don't think anyone's getting blown out here to end the game. So we get to this point now where there's like a seesaw battle. I think there's over like a dozen ties or like a dozen lead changes in the game. 
a lot of it credit to the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Michael Carter-Williams hits his second three-pointer, which answers an Ibaka three. Van Vliet three ties it up. And then Michael Carter-Williams puts the magic up 84-82. Norman Powell kept sucking off the bench. <laughs> As I, he does. It's I, I said it. He runs very hot or very cold. And I, I said it in the last pod that he he he's, he can very noticeably be shitty out there. And he was. So... Uh, and then the Raptors go up 88-84 uh, after Michael Carter-Williams gets popped in the face. And everyone in the uh, bar, he he does he's sprinting towards the officials and everyone in the bar is going, oh no, what are you doing at this point in time in the game? And then we see the camera shot. This blood pouring all out of his face. Like, I don't even, at this point, I didn't know if it was his nose, his mouth, like his whole like bottom portion of his face is bleeding. It's like a bad like WWE like razor like skit at this point, and Mick Foley. It's uh, it, I didn't really see the hit live. It's not till they go like you see him bleeding. It's like oh something happened, yeah. and that's why he's going to basically almost murder the, uh, the referees. One of the refs does like a like a stutter step, like he's about to shit himself. Move. Uh, thankfully, Steve Clifford's coaching staff got out there. I think Tyrone Corbin was one of the assistant coaches that just kind of just held him up basically at that point. Um, and to be fair, it would be hard to call a technical, technical foul on a guy who's leaking from the face. Yeah, right? and I think that's yeah. why nothing happened in the end because he was still he was he was screaming bloody murder because yeah. there's freaking blood everywhere. And credit too, I want to say to the to the training staff to get him stitched up in time to have him come back in the game afterwards and yeah. actually play defense. I don't know if it was actually. I don't think any stitching had to be done. I think it's literally you take some cotton well, balls and like throw something. him throw him into his nose. I yeah. think it all came from his nose at the end but um because he does come in for that very well we'll get to it but he comes back in for the very last play in the game basically so uh lowry like you see the the slow motion replay and it's like lowry clearly hits him in the face like it's like a it's like a wrist shot like you do in karate almost as he's trying to get around birch on the screen lowry even has the gall to do a flop as he's hitting michael carter williams in the face um you know, MCW, he already tweeted out during, like, the UFC pay-per-view, I guess, that he'll be fine for game two. I don't think there's any, like, concussion protocol that was involved either, so I think I think he's fine. My favorite joke from the game, which has now been overplayed a million times now, but I saw it or heard it at the time, was Michael Carter's face was the only thing Kyle Lowry hit the entire game. Ouch. Uh, very true and still very funny <laughs> the millionth time I've heard it in the past 24 hours. But uh, so... Then Vooch to a uh, Vooch finds AG for a three, and then Vooch hits a huge three himself to tie it at ninety two ninety two. And that's another thing I'm taking credit for. I told you, I think at halftime we go, we, I, we just need if Vooch can knock down a three, I think we'll be fine. And he hit a big one. And that's that's a shot where even though he doesn't, I don't think he scores again the rest of the game. I, I don't think I I can't recall off the top of my head right now, but he. He needed that to go in, not just for the game, but I think for the series moving forward. Yeah. I think he's going to have a way better game, too. And especially now that... Because, one, either... Unless the Raptors just keep double-teaming or triple-teaming him, etc., here and there, I think he know he'll know how to get to his spots a little bit better. I think he'll push back a little bit more because Gasol really got away with, with some huge shoves on him that just weren't called. And just from a confidence perspective, like, that... That gets him going. Yeah, and for look for as bad as Kyle Lowry played, Vucevic probably that's probably the worst game he's played in the last 
83 games. Yeah. Know? So he's going to come back with a better effort, too, for sure. Uh, so Fournier, uh, I believe this was off an Aaron Gordon steal. He gets a breakaway dunk to put us up two with four minutes left. Breakaway Fournier, I'm in, I'm in on that. Um, usually you just see him in the half court, and he, he got out in transition late and when we needed him. That was one of the biggest plays of the game, too, to suck some of the energy out of the building at that point in time. Yeah, Raptors fans, if not earlier, definitely by this point are squirming like big time in the arena. And look, Vooch misses two hook shots, but then Isaac, big three. Fournier then probably comes up with your favorite play of the game where he uh, he gets a steal, then gets the breakaway, and the Magic are up three at this point. Yeah, and that was huge to to push the lead to three for the inevitable uh, Kawhi surge that was coming. Yeah, so then Kawhi hits a three, uh, and then off uh, Aaron Gordon miss, he hits a baseline fade uh, jumper to put the Raptors up 101-99 with a minute to go. At this point, uh, Ross now get is back in for Jonathan Isaac. Like they, they, they. For I really didn't think they were gonna put Isaac, uh, Ross back in because he wasn't having like a typical human torch type of game. And either. Isaac just hit the big three. Yeah, but uh, so DJ Augustine time. Get in your hero mode, young man. Well, not young man, thirty-one year old man. But he ties the game at one hundred and one as DJ comes up with just this beautiful drive and, like, against-the-grain type right uh, layup finger flip finish that only he and, like, Jameer Nelson usually can pull off, which people kind of – there's memes going around with, like, the Peter Parker glasses wipe thing where it's, like, you get DJ Augustine and it's, like, Jameer Nelson and they're both in the number 14. Um, And, yeah, Danny Green looks slow. And for I I was surprised Augustine was able to get around him so quick for that. But tie game, 45 seconds left. Magic get another stop. Clifford, in the end, wisely does not take a timeout. Yeah. He he lets the clock run. And I I don't know, as as a uh, as a high school coach and as a uh, man of much basketball knowledge, what what did you think of it at the time? Were you thinking he should have called a timeout at the time? I was thinking he should call a timeout. Um, and from a high school perspective, you want to settle down the players and give them the exact marching orders, but. Uh, in real time, as he didn't call the timeout and 20 seconds starts to tick down, you realize that it's probably best, number one, not to let the Raptors set their defense. Yeah. Also, number two, the Magic only had one timeout left at that point in time. So if you burn it and then you have trouble getting the ball in, then you fucked yourself. Or DJ Augustine ends up shooting the ball with four or five seconds left. So maybe you give yourself a little leeway if he misses and Toronto scores that you can advance the ball later. So it was a good call by Clifford, obviously. Either way, it was yeah. he made the right call. Yeah, there's. I, I, it's kind of one of those where it's like, okay, defense got you the stop. Try and ride the momentum. Fuck right. it. It's a tie yeah. game. So at this point, there's about a, a second and a half difference between the game clock and the shot clock. So, But DJ runs it down. Kawhi Leonard is guarding DJ Augustine. And Vooch comes out to set a screen. Not a good screen, but at the top of the three-point line, as Nick is pulling away, he gets both Mark Gasol and Kawhi to go with him. And the only thing I can I can assume is just terrible communication at that point because Augustine gets enough room, even because of Kawhi's huge wingspan and right. everything. DJ gets enough room, and it's actually Mark Gasol that's running at him, whatever, but too late because... Uh, because DJ just launches this beautiful three over Marcus Saul. And I mean, he was only maybe two feet behind the three point line. It wasn't a deep, deep three, but no, August. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great shot yeah. in rhythm. And uh, yeah, DJ buries it. And 
There's five seconds left in the, he pulled up with five seconds left in the game, buries it, hooch, Wall Street's going nuts, David Bauman, we're chilling at this point, and he gets an awesome video that's going around the uh, the Twitter sphere at this point, and uh, I, I, I'm just stunned that, that two great defenders like Gasol and Kawhi would, would botch that so badly, but I guess that's credit to just Vooch's all-star status, maybe they thought they were going to actually give him the ball, but... I mean, momentum would have said, no way, let Augustine, Augustine do it. So, But pandemonium's going on at Wall Street. I think David Steele was about to lose a voice at the end, although it's kind of tough to hear when everyone else at Wall Street's screaming their asses off. But, um, yeah, so at this point now, there's 3.4 seconds left. Toronto's got the ball. Michael Carter-Williams checks back in with who knows what stuffed up his nose, but it's it, it works. Um, so he's guarding the inbound pass, I believe. And Kawhi? Catches about five, seven feet north of the uh, of the three point line, and he does like a fa- a slight fadeaway three pointer over Aaron Gordon, and he airballs it. And 0.5 seconds left, but ball game. Yeah. And Augustine revenge game complete, and one and zero for the Men in Black in this postseason. And again, we're still riding this high 24 hours later. I I called game. I called it. But at at the same time, it's like I don't believe it <laughs> that we got it, and we're gonna look at the box score now because there's people even after the game, there's like pundits and whatever saying like the Magic shot really well or played well offensively. That's bullshit. We didn't do that. We didn't shoot that well. We shot forty percent from the field for the game. We did get hot on threes late, fourteen of twenty nine. But that's pretty. We've come up with plenty of those games. Well, to be fair, outside of most of DJ Augustine's three-point attempts and maybe one from Evan Fournier, all of the threes were wide open. And that could be, uh, you know, obviously that's what Toronto is giving up. They want a one dude to shoot an uncontested three or they want Isaac to shoot but an they've uncontested been three. Them. But I think we want that too. It's yeah. a wide open look from three. So, Yeah, so, I mean, you, you look, DJ Augustine, 25 points. He had 19 in the first half, four or five on threes, nine of 13 in the game. Probably the game of his life. It, we, we've come a long way since he was on that uh, Charlotte Bobcats 2010 team with Raymond Felton, who, where Jameer Nelson is absolutely murdering. Just wore out both of them the whole series. And yeah. it's, it's Augustine, it's by far definitely the game of his life. And it's it's a revenge game. I, did, I, I didn't factor that in when I was looking at this series. We were looking at Terrence Ross. but Am I out of line in calling the DJ Augustine shot one of the top five playoff shots in Magic history? I think so. So... What do we got? Hito three in, against the Sixers, right. first round, 9 Rashard three, against, game one yeah. against the Cavaliers, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, I don't want to push myself too. I mean, do we count the steal dunk as one? Maybe? I'll, I'll give you the dunk as a Because it's a not shot, an easy right? thing. Penny's yeah. still got to make the drive and the pass right. to Horace for the dunk. Like, it's one of those where somebody really nervous drops the ball. So, um, but actually, what I'm, else? I'm comfortably putting it in the top, top five, five in yeah. terms of game winning or you know game clinching shots, shot making. Yeah, I it, look just this game as a whole. It's way up there from entertainment value and just like nerves and meaning and just what this means. From for as, a, for as cynical as fans have been over the last seven years, and deservedly so. And I, I look, I'm up there too. And you know you. You've been more uh, more of a blue blood than I have lately. Not that we don't love the team the whole time, but to try and find positives in the face of obscurity and and you know meaninglessness for yeah. half the season. 
I man, did you not feel a hundred percent alive yesterday during the game? Uh absolutely. You know? Yeah. I, I haven't been that excited since being in that building for one of those uh Pacers uh series games in twenty twelve. Yeah. Um and it, look, it's Whew, I don't know, man. It's it's tough to top that. Like, but they're gonna have two days to rest and prepare, and Toronto's gonna throw everything they have at the Magic this game because they have to take game two. Yeah. So, going back to the box score, Isaac five of ten from the field, eleven points, eight rebounds, one of four from three. The one three he hit really fucking big. Yeah. Uh, Evan Fournier not a good shooting game either, even though it looked like he had a decent game. Seven of eighteen from the field. Two of five on threes. Pretty much he is either hit a couple threes or get a couple buckets up close. But he had 16 points. Aaron Gordon did pull out a 10 and 10 double double, but he was only three of 10 in the field. Two of two from three, though. So, uh, Vooch, three of 14. I didn't think it was that bad, but it was pretty bad. He was one of three from the, from the three point range. 11 points, eight, eight boards. Hopefully, this is the worst game for him in the series. Um, and then you look at the Magic bench, and again, Terrence Ross, 2 of 11, 1 of 5 on threes, just 10 points. Like, Raptors people, like fans, media people, NBA media, like national media, etc., saying, like, the Magic played, like, an above-their-standard game. I call bullshit on that. Yeah, um, for sure. Like, when Michael Carter-Williams is maybe the, your third-best shooting performance on the night, he's 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 on threes. MCW had 10 points and 5 boards. Uh, and then Kem Birch, six points, seven rebounds. Wandu, you got it right. He played nine minutes, but five points. The little time he did spend out there, pretty good. Yeah. Um, the Magic, they had nine steals in the game, which all came in handy because even though they only had 11 turnovers, the Raptors had only 12 turnovers. So the Magic clearly were just causing them to make just stole the ball from literally if nine of the 12 turnovers are coming off steals. So. You look at the Raptors, Pascal Siakam had 24 shots in the game, which is alarming. Like, I didn't realize he had that many shot attempts. Didn't make a three, missed a few open threes, uh, 12 of 24 from the field, 0 of 4 on threes, 24 points, 9 rebounds. Kyle Lowry, 0 of 7 from the field. He even missed his two free throw attempts that he had. No points. He still had 7 rebounds and 8 assists. And this is where plus minus gets a little suspect. He's a plus 11 for the Raptors, which is the the best for them by far, because then you look at Fred Van Vliet, and even though he had 14 points, he was a minus 16, and I feel like Van Vliet was better than yeah. Lowry. So I don't I don't know if it's just our bench unit at that point outperforming theirs, and that's just how that worked out, or or what. But I didn't realize in the flow of the game until checking the box score again today that Kyle Lowry the shot distribution for the Raptors, and he had been doing this during the year too, deferring to other people. Yeah, he didn't play well. No, offensively. No, no, he lost but, confidence early. But he shot seven times in the game, and of the starting five for the Raptors, he had the least amount of shot attempts. Which is, I, he's going to have to do more, and he, he will to. do more. He I'm sure to. he will do more. Hey, look, seven missed shot attempts, 0 of 6 on threes. So he wasn't getting into the paint, really, other than and other than maybe distributing here and there. Danny Green, I kind of said he would be their X factor as far as when you looked at the, when it, the Magic went 2-2 two and two against them in the season series. Yeah. Like the two games they won, Danny Green was the reason why they won those games. Just 4 of 9 from the field. Three of seven on threes, 13 points. I can live with that. I think his season average is like 10 or 11 about there. 
Um, Kawhi Leonard, 10 of 18 from the field, 3 of 5 on threes, 25 points. That's fine. That's actually a point and a half less than a season average. So, And then Marcus Gasol, 13 points, 5 and 9 from the field. Pretty standard. Nothing ridiculous. The Magic just absolutely killed their bench, though. The Raptors, they're going, they're going low as far as, like, they're going eight-man rotation, but Norman Powell's the eighth man, and he was absolutely awful. One of four shooting. Abaka, two of six. Five points, eight rebounds. Didn't really do that much in his 20 minutes on the floor. Already said what Van Vliet did. And then Jody Meeks had that quick two-and-a-half-minute spurt. And thankfully, he didn't play any more minutes. I yeah. wonder if Nick Nurse is regretting that at this point. Right. So this is where not having uh, OG Ananobi, I think, hurt them a lot. Because I think if he was available, they actually would have had him guard Augustine at some points, I feel like, during the game. For sure. Um, I wonder if how long it's going to take before we see Jeremy Lin in this series. He's got the size to to cause problems. Not a huge, huge size advantage, but still... I think he's maybe faster than Kyle Lowry still. I don't know. He's He seems more swift and just a little bit, I don't know. He, when he's aggressive and moving, like he, he's tough to keep in front of you sometimes. Well, but. look, so Jody Meeks obviously is not a defensive player. He, As we know, he's on the floor to shoot threes. But the, the two uh, areas where I think Toronto can make an adjustment moving forward into game two is do you stick with Norm Powell? Or do you replace him with more Jody Meeks or swap him out for Jeremy Lin? Yeah. That impacts their bench unit. And then they're going to look again at the threes that they generated throughout the game. And I think we commented um, as the game was going on that maybe their misses wouldn't be sustainable. They ended up shooting, what, 12 of 36 from three, which... 45.5% field goal percentage. Not bad. Not bad. But Um, but a lot of open mysteries. Like Like, I noted it, you noted it, but... It's technically from guys that you wanted to test them if they could hit them, and yeah. they didn't hit them for the most part. The ones that we give, and Gasol hit a big one too that sticks out in my mind, but the ones that you give up kind of, uh, you know, a half contest to Gasol or a half contest to even Van Vliet moving forward, those are the ones that you live with. But the ones where uh, there's no one in, you know, Siakam's airspace or Kawhi Leonard gets free. Uh, if they hit two more of those, they win game one by three points. So yeah. that's something the Magic have to clean up to the the defense at the arc moving forward. Yeah, and I think Clifford also noted that even though you know we still put 104 points up, he wasn't happy with the offense. He says like if we play like that offensively again, we're we're definitely not winning on Tuesday. So, but look, that's playoff basketball <laughs> for both teams. I don't think obviously the Raptors lost the game, but I don't think either team was happy with their offensive execution or or shot making. No, but I think that falls in what the Magic wanted, though. Like yeah. The Raptors, they want to score like 115 points a game. The Magic, they want to try and keep Toronto at or under 100 points, which they almost did. And look, the Magic, uh, they, I, I don't know. For, so for game two, look, Toronto's going to give everything they got, but there's that added pressure now. And so we're going to find out how, like, Kyle Lowry's going to bounce back. Like he's going to probably score in like within the first minute of the of the game Tuesday night. Like I think they're purposely going to get him a field goal somehow. So we'll see. Um, I'm not going to predict how this game's going to pan out for Game Two. I like I had my Raptors in seven prediction. You and I both want the Magic to win this series. If it's a sweep, awesome. But we just want the Magic to win the series. Um, I'm not I'm not one to change predictions. Like my prediction was my prediction when I started it. Was started the series. So whatever, Raptors in seven. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's magic in four, five, six, or seven. 
but anything that you think like do you think Toronto is just gonna maybe like right now the spread I think is nine and a half points for this game on Tuesday I think it was eight and a half for the game uh Saturday night and so Vegas clearly thinks that Toronto is gonna probably if not blow us out come close to blowing us out and I don't know do, do you think the Magic have another surprise in them for oh, Tuesday oh, oh it's definitely possible <clears throat> but I, it's going to take Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic picking up the slack that presumably DJ Augustine won't be able to replicate his Game 1 performance. And this is where it gets fun, right? It's the chess match not only between uh, the coaching staff, but also as the game and the series moves along, the players get more uh, accustomed to yeah. kind of the hot spots of their opponents. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see, I think, what kind of offense Orlando can generate in game two. Absolutely. So, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we'll win. I, it, it's all a confidence thing, like you said. Like, right now, they have all the confidence. And, look, they have a very level, level-headed head coach right now with Steve Clifford, who he's keeping the confidence going, but he's like, it's going to come harder on Tuesday. Yeah. Don't expect it to get any easier. So, We'll see. We're in for a fun surprise. But either way, games three and four here next Friday and Sunday going to be amazing because we got a chance to take the series lead. For sure. Or still have the series lead by then. Let's get into magical moments. What if I told you Disney didn't own every tale? That the best basketball stories actually reside in Orlando. Magical moments. Life and times of two Central Florida men. A Penny and Pops production. Evans knocked it away. This is Turkoglu. Line to the lane. Turkoglu with a monster slam. He knew Turkoglu. needed some room. Right now, it's very, very important. Take your time. Make the magic work a little bit defensively. And a steal by Rashard Lewis on the runway to the cup of the top. The kick out. Dueling. Yes. Side of Howard, he's got Bargnani on him. Turkaloo with a stop and go. No. Put back jam. White Howard. Sam Mitchell is furious. Boss wants to challenge Howard. Hold on. Tie ball game. 100 apiece. Chuck Swirsky, Leo Rounds, and then Burke on the score. Parker. Hold on. Six seconds remaining. Bosch. For the lead. All right, Penny, story time. What do you have in your hand right now? I am holding in my hot little hand a ticket to the Orlando Magic Toronto Raptor Game 2 from the 2008 playoff series. It was on a Tuesday, April 22nd. What's uh, what's the price ticket on that in the section? We were $41 to sit in Section 216. Roji. 
Okay, so we went a little bit cheaper on this one because if you listen to the magical moments from a couple weeks ago uh, when we were talking about uh, the Game 1 series where the Magic, uh, I think, had a 14-point win in that, uh, we were sitting pretty low. We had pretty nice seats for that one. But, look, I love the old arena. You didn't really have a bad seat anywhere in that building. So even though it's technically upper bowl, it's a lot closer than if you're in the upper bowl, say, the Amway Center now, the new ones. So, but... The Magic won 104-103, as you heard some of the highlights from uh, Canadian television that I pulled off YouTube. Uh, the Magic, they, this was a much tighter affair, but they ended up going up 2-0 in this series. Uh, today, Tiger Woods won his first uh, major in 11 years. The last time he won a major was 2008, and this is also the time where he's going to Magic games at this point. So like courtside. Yeah, so... Just a fun little coincidence with that. And, of course, the Magic are playing the Raptors now. So uh, so the Magic went up 35-18 after the first quarter, and you're thinking, oh, we might blow these guys out again. But, uh, no, that wasn't the case. But the game started with the two huge Hito dunks. And I, for- I forgot that uh, this is basically the final year where Hito does, like, huge freaking drive dunks. Um, if you, if, if you see him from like, from his first, you know, three years with the magic, basically it's very more, much more athletic Hito instead of just step back fadeaway Hito. So, uh, I, I was a little bit alarmed looking at those highlights again. Uh, you know, Richard gets like an open court steel dunk as well. Um, and then the Raptors though, they took their first lead of the series. Uh, so not just the game, but of the series early in the third quarter. So the magic had dominated basically the six first six quarters of the series you know the Raptors though made that huge comeback in the second quarter they won the second quarter 39-24 and uh, the whole second half was pretty close the rest of the way after that Dwight gets a huge put back dunk off a Hito mess to put the magic up 92-89 with five minutes left and this ends up being one of those uh, Jose Calderon pesky games where and it's not even just him it's also Carlos Delfino yeah. who's kind of high on the magic killer list all time oh yeah uh and then also Jason Capono which we'll go through the box score in a second but this is gonna be a pretty brief magical moment this is more with the coincidence that both uh this game and the one that the magic just won game one both had the magic scoring 104 points in it there's the Tiger Woods coincidence as well We're pulling it all together and We'll keep it brief for the most part on this one, but um, look, Calderon ties the game. He hits like two threes in a row, basically, and he makes it 100-100 with 146 to go. The Magic offense is basically stalled at this point, and then Hito just goes into super clutch mode where he puts the Magic up 102-101 with a driving flip shot past Anthony Parker, Lakeland Magic GM, yep. and uh, then Turk hits a couple clutch free throws. So the Raptors, they have the ball down one, 104-103 to go with like 9.3 seconds left. You hear the highlight. Bosch ends up getting the ball. At This is before Bosch is hitting threes a lot. Uh, capable of hitting threes. Hits a few threes in this series, but not like Miami Heat Chris Bosch. No. So he's... He's at like the twenty foot spot, so he's literally like maybe like one like st- one stride in the three point line, on the left elbow, shoots a jumper over Dwight, kind of fading back a little bit, sort of. It's like a normal Chris Bosh shot though, and thankfully hits the front rim. Magic win that game. Bosh had twenty nine points, ten rebounds, six assists. Big night for him. T J Ford, Tiger Woods look alike. Uh, <laughs> one of eight. Not good. That's why Calderon was so big off the bench. Like, you have Capono with 20 points, 8 of 12 shooting. Delfino, 
16 points, 6 of 10 shooting. Calderon, 7 of 11 shooting, 18 points. Like, they outplay the whole starting lineup other than Chris Bosh. Yeah. And, look, the Magic, much better team. Like, the Raptors, in hindsight, probably didn't like their Rosho Nesterovich, Andrea Bargnani front court, but that's what they had going for them at this at this point. Um, the Magic, Dwight, just a casual, normal, amazing 2020 game. He's got 29 points and 20 rebounds in the game. Yet another 2020 game that we're there to witness in person. Um, there's no like special photos for this. I think I left my camera at home for this game, either because I forgot to charge it after game <laughs> one, or I, I, or we just landed on tickets so late that I just didn't have it on me. But it's one of those where you pretty much remember game one, and then you remember game five yeah. in this series. Game two, tight win, good game, but not like the most like, and wasn't even like the the prettiest game because you have Richard Lewis shooting like seven to twenty one from the field. Hito, even though he had the two early dunks and the clutch shot at the end, four fifteen from the field. So right, he showed up when he had to show up <laughs> in pure Hito fashion. He's he, he's the guy where. We kind of have it with Terrence Ross now almost where if he shoot and maybe Fournier too, where if he's like one of nine from the field, doesn't matter. Keep letting him shoot it. So uh, Maurice Evans kind of came back down to earth in this one. Three of eight, typical Mo Evans thing. Keith Bogans, same line basically. Uh, Keon Doolin hit a, had a, a poor in three, but two of nine. And then you get like garbage time minutes almost for Gortat and O'Donnell Foyle. Um, but... I don't have anything else to really say about that, but it's a magical moment because, hey, we're playing the Raptors. 08 was the only other time in the playoffs we've played the Raptors. And, and we won game two. And we won game two. Which so we should, we should hopefully, we might get in game two. Well, let's so, get game two, too. So uh, any other thoughts, though, for, for game two of the uh, 2019 series that we're in right now against the Raptors? I, I think the biggest thing to watch, and it's going to sound uh, stupid to say. Fuck but it, say it. it. If we keep things close in the first quarter, I think we'll hang there to the end. The Raptors obviously are going to come out with a lot of energy and really, frankly, a lot of desperation. And if we can hang, keep it single digits yeah. going into the second quarter, I, I think the Magic will hang around and make it interesting for the length of the game. What yeah, about you? Look, I, I said that one Kyle Lowry is a fucking choke artist. Now, he might finally turn the table a little bit for game two because he's got no choice maybe. But um, I still question whether, uh, like I said, if you punch them in the face game one, you might break them in this series early. It's possible. I think the real questions are, who are they, how hard will they play, and for how long? <laughs> I have another question. Do you think Stan Van Gundy helped with the film yet on this series? I think he has, even though yeah. he's do- he's got the ESPN studio gig, which, God bless that guy, man. He rides so hard for us. I love Stan, man. But... Anyway, we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We've got some uh, competition that's unhappy we're back. We've been getting some uh, interesting two-star ratings lately, but I'm not going to complain. We're back. We hope you, uh, you enjoyed listening to us. If you have questions or feedback, please tweet at us. Uh, this podcast is for you, Magic fans. It really is. We're not doing this for any money or any of that. We're doing this because we, well, one, I'm I, I'm kind of an egotist and I like hearing myself <laughs> talk, but uh, we well, do this for, I, I do have a good radio voice, but we, uh, we, we, we're having fun with this and I don't know if we'll come back. Uh, we'll probably come back after game two to do a podcast. I don't know about how game three and four is going to work since it's gonna, they're going to be so close together and I might be drunk that whole weekend, so we'll see. Uh, maybe we should do a drunk podcast, or at least I should. But 
Um, anyway, uh, Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. Uh, I am at Papa Giorgio MBO. Feel free to send us uh, some clips or photos from either the 08 series or this 2019 series. We've got the Raptors. There's so many happy people at Wall Street. There's like a dude who was running around half naked outside his house. <laughs> like, it's cool. It's awesome. And with that, go Magic, take care, and just win. Get out the way, get out the way. Get-